Welcome to Heartspeak Podcast, episode 252, The Golden Arrow of Destiny. Welcome to the Heartspeak Podcast, where valuable insights are shared that bypass the mind and resonate with the heart. Listen, open your heart, become inspired, find the joy and fulfillment that awaits when you follow your heart. And now, here's your host, Dr. Christine Page. Well, hello there, wherever you're in the world. It's good to be with you. Thank you for letting me be part of your life, and I hope your week has gone well. I know many of you are on vacations, holidays, and I hope you're enjoying those and managing to relax, because there's a lot of that's going on in the world, and sometimes we just need to take a break from this. Now, before I go fully into the subject matter, I want to just talk about Venus now going retrograde from the 22nd of July to the 3rd, 4th of September. And this happens every 19 months. So it's, you know, doesn't happen as often as Mercury. And what we see here is when Venus is going retrograde, and this time it's going retrograde in Leo, it gives us a chance to become more introspective about love, about how we love ourselves. And sometimes what happens is that old lovers reappear or old hurts that come from past loves reappear or maybe past life lovers come into life so there's a lot going on and because venus is in leo leo is about self-confidence shining being in the spotlight and i know some of you that isn't where you want to be but venus in leo retrograde is is often about Where am I hiding my skills? Where am I hiding my talents? Where am I hiding my sunshine? Because Leo is also a lot of fun, lots of humor. It's the drama. It's the actor. And I think many, many people who are out there on the stage have Leo somewhere in their chart. It's also the leader on some levels. It's taking the lead, the initiative, and being willing to be seen. So Venus in Leo, for all of us, is very much about where am I hiding myself? Where am I looking for approval? And when I don't get it, I scurry away. Or where am I not celebrating myself? So this might just be in your own life that you get out of bed in the morning, you start dancing around and you say, yay, here I am in my own little spotlight. So enjoying that moment and recognizing that It is time to shine and it is time to be seen is very much what's going to go on for these next several weeks. And of course, if you are a Leo, that's going to be even more important for you. As I say, it may well be that you will also come to terms with old loves, maybe sometimes where you've been hurt or betrayed. And this is a time to clear old karma. Maybe sometimes it's about addressing this or finding closure. Maybe it's just time to let go. (laughs) So whatever is going on, this is a time for looking at how we deal with love and being loved. Is it a time to be more receptive to love? Are we good at giving love, not so good at receiving it? It also, and I was just looking at those words, is Venus in Leo is also the love of power, because Leo is also, as I say, the lion. So do you have a problem with actually being that lion standing out, as I say? But it is also 
the power of love. So it's the bringing the two together. Is it a love of power or the power of love? And maybe in this retrograde period, it's about loving, bringing more compassion to ourselves, to the world. So Venus over these next few weeks is going to be really important to us. And it meets up with Neptune and Pluto in a quite a difficult situation. It's called a yod. But it also empowers us to say, let's not move towards idealized love or romantic love that is wonderful, but doesn't necessarily allow us to be real with someone else. So where are we living in a sort of fantasy world with love? And the Pluto, again, will come back to this power of love or the love of power. So the idea from now until the beginning of September is this really about stepping beyond our own ego needs and coming together in a more collective way so that we actually find the harmony, which is really the, the basis of love, rather than just one individual that we are loving or we want someone to love us. And this ties into the full moon that's coming on August the 1st, which is in Aquarius. So it's the opposite sign to where the sun is. And Aquarius is all about the synthesis of information, seeing the bigger picture. And as I've spoken about many times with Pluto going to soon go back into Aquarius again, it's about communities. How do we come together? How do we value each other in communities? And I think that's going to be a theme that I'm sure I'm going to share over and over again of saying it's not about just making sure that everybody's included. It's each of us stepping forward with our greatest gifts and talents. And I think this comes back to the Venus retrograde is where am I not sharing the best of who I am? Where am I not spotlighting the best of who I am? So all of that is in the forefront. And it's really asking us to know who we are and not just as a level of, oh, who am I as an individual, but what is the essence? What's the vibration? What's the frequency I'm bringing to, to the community, to my relationships, to myself? And this allows me to move on into this idea of destiny and the golden arrow. You know, one of the commonest questions I'm asked is what's my destiny? What's my purpose? Why am I here? <laughs> Which I think we all want to know at some level. But it's not some mystery. In other words, it's more about what's going on in our life now. And I'm going to come to that. You see, I, when I'm asked that question, and it's often by someone who I would say is 20 years and older, they're already living it. So it's almost like someone saying to me, well, what's my destiny? And I'm saying to them, well, what have you been doing up to now? Because the patterns, and this is very much an Aquarian idea, the patterns of our life are repeated many times, like a fractal, if you understand fractals. In other words, events keep repeating in slightly different formats so that we can understand who we are and why we're here. And so being able to have the courage to look at those patterns, to look at the bigger picture and say, okay, this keeps happening to me. I wonder if this is why I'm here is really what we're talking about. 
And I just want to make really clear with you, be really clear with you that nobody is here to suffer and nobody is here to take on the karma of other people. Nobody's here to save the world. Now, we may all do a little bit of all of that, but once we see ourselves as victims to our lives, the suffering, or we feel that our only purpose is something external to us, saving the world, then we're really missing the point. Because there really is no separation between us and the world, and therefore whatever we do outside is a reflection of what we're doing to ourselves. And this comes right back to something I've been writing about recently is, you know, why did God create mankind? I like the idea that she, he had created mankind because they were bored. But I think there's more to it than that. And I think that the reason that we are living on this earth is because the creator consciousness, whatever we call it, God, the great mother, etc., wanted to know itself. And that I've heard repeated in many forms. Even in Genesis, if you go to the Bible, it says, let's make man in our image. And one can only say is, okay, so in a way in which we are now seeing ourselves, it's almost saying, okay, I want to know who I am. And I can only do that by creating images of myself in my outer world to be able to see myself. So if God, the creator, did this, created many parts of it several, 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 several times, and we would call that sort of a holographic world where each of us contains the whole, and yet we are also existing as a tiny bit of that whole at a slightly different angle than other people. Make sense? So if we understand from a holographic point of view, if you take a picture, you cut that picture up, each piece of that picture will actually have the wholeness in it. That's the idea of a hologram. But what I learned you know, many, many years ago was, yes, the picture is there, but each piece, each of those tiny pieces sees the picture from a slightly different perspective. Isn't that exciting? So each of us is a slightly different angle on the wholeness. I see your angle. <laughs> What's your angle on this? So our perception of wholeness is also slightly uh, obliquely angled towards our, where we're coming from. But together we create the wholeness. And that's why this word or this phrase that I use about the coming fifth world or fifth energy is all about unity through the acceptance of diversity. Each of us has a unique piece of the jigsaw. Each of us has a piece of the wholeness of that jigsaw. Each of us needs to express that small part of who we are to know the wholeness. And that's what we promised if one wants to say to the creator. We said, okay, create me and I will express you in my unique way. And then you will know who you are. And when we see that, we have to say that if we were created in God's image, then we too <laughs> have a holographic viewpoint. And then we divide ourselves up into small pieces. 
And each small part of us, we might call it a subpersonality, has an experience so we know ourselves. So we create events in our life to know ourselves. We, we create experiences in ourselves to know ourselves. And when the more we know ourselves, the more the creator knows itself. This is why I use the analogy of a, a flower with many petals and many levels to those petals. And we are in the center of it. And each of those petals is a subpersonality having an experience. So different personalities within us will have, will may have the same experience, but experiencing it from a different point of view. It's almost like living in a home. And if you experience it as the little child, it's a very different experience than if you experience it as the father or experience it as the dog or experience it as anything else that lives in that home. So you, that might sound strange to you, but that's what I see that we're doing constantly is experiencing ourselves even in the same setting from different points of view. Now, when this happens, and this is an idea that I was listening to Richard Rudd, who I very much admire from Gene Keys and Robert Grant, who was one of my favorite mathematicians and really entrepreneurs. And they were in an interview together on YouTube. And they were talking about what would happen if God, the creator, wanted to know itself. Would it just say, okay, here's my gifts, line them all up and say, oh, yeah, I'm really good at that one. I'm really good at that one. Like we're or would it hide the gifts in order for what I might say you and I to go and find them through our experiences? In other words, do you appreciate your gifts more because you've had to find them, hone them, experience them, sometimes make a mistake, go back? Or would you have found just as much satisfaction if they'd just been sitting there for you. Now, you might say, yeah, just give them to me. I don't need anything else. But I think that all of us recognize that the strength of who we are comes from our experiences. It's not just having the experience, but the wisdom that we gained or the, the pearls of wisdom we gained. Okay, so in our experiences, it's not enough to say, I had that experience and I moved on. That's, that's no point. It's the only point is to say, what was the wisdom I gained? And if we don't gain that wisdom, then we keep having the experience until we do. So we go, why is that always happening to me? Well, it's always happening because there's something waiting for you to take on board. And so what they were speaking about, and I think this is really true, is that if you came here to learn about love, you said, oh, I'm here, my purpose, my destiny is to learn about love. It's not uncommon not to find yourself in an unloving home. In other words, if you want to learn about love, what are you going to learn about it from being in a home that's very loving and you get everything you want? Now, you might say that's not fair. But have you ever noticed that you fight harder for something that's hidden or that you want than something that's just given to you? And so the, the ability to hunt for or to experience whatever it is you came here to learn is magnified when it's in a place where it's really quite a struggle, if I may say. And some people might call that suffering. In other words, I've seen that so much in people I've been working with where 
they've wanted to learn about love this life and they have created in their world many situations that weren't very loving, very conditioned in their loving or where they were betrayed or they had to find love. But it's back to the idea that you only see a candlelight in the darkness. You don't notice it when it's light. And sometimes it's like, well, did you learn to love yourself in this moment? Yes, I did. Or did you learn to have compassion for that other person? Maybe I did. Or did you learn to have compassion for the experience, <laughs> even if you had to then let go of the person? So what, what did you learn about love through that? And I've got to say that sometimes we're back to some sort of, if I may say, religious idea about love, like, oh, I learned to love others. But if we don't love ourselves, that has no bearing, if I've got to say it that way, In the, it, if we don't love ourselves. Now, if you love yourself and you say, okay, and I'm going to love this other person, fantastic. But it's not an either or, it's a both. So learning to love ourselves, learning to respect ourselves helps us to respect and love others. Lack of love of ourselves in response to trying to love someone else is, is wasted time. You're not learning about love. You're learning about sacrifice. You're learning about actually probably resentment that's going to build up if you do that. So again, the idea, and I'm taking this again from their YouTube uh, video that I watched, was the idea of generosity. You know, do we learn about generosity when we have lots and lots of things that we can give away? Or do we learn about generosity because we don't have much and we learn to be generous with what we've got? Or do we learn to be generous to ourselves? You know, a lot of people who are really good at giving to others but very poor at giving to themselves. So again, it has to be a two-way thing. Just as I might say, learning to be responsible. Actually, I'm very good at being responsible for others. <laughs> Not so great about being responsible for myself. And again, you might say, well, what does that look like? I see responsibility. My world is about caring for others. So I had to learn about being caring towards myself. And how does that look? So whatever it is that we might be doing for others is another pattern that we can look at. What am I doing for others that I'm not doing for myself? What am I trying to change in the world that I'm not changing in my own life? So I've often seen that in careers where people say, I'm out there to help abused women or people who are homeless. First ask ourselves, where am I homeless? Where am I abused? We always will find ourselves in situations that resonate with the healing that we need. And again, healing not because we're wounded, but we're separate from ourselves. So whatever we're doing out there, what is it we're needing to do in here? And then there's a time, and I always have to remind ourselves of this, is there a time where we're hiding from a part of ourselves by staying in a situation where we have, as I always say, PhDs and gold stars in. So are we hiding in a petal just because we have a security or we have something we keep telling ourselves, oh, I have to stay here. Is there another petal that we need to at some point enter in order to know the wholeness? So what is it that we're not bringing forward? And all of these ideas are patterning 
That's why I'm bringing this up around this time with this full moon in Aquarius. It's all about patterns, synchronicities. When we're moving in a certain direction, those synchronicities play out. Now, they may not be obvious ones. You know, think of someone and they phone. They may be things you go, wow, look at what's happening here. This is different. Recently, I had an incident where someone very sadly fell on the, on the sidewalk, on the pavement, and the family were there. And my usual way with my misresponsibility uh, would have been to jump in and be the person who did the CPR. But it just so happened that someone else got there before me. And I could feel that there was a part of me, if I may say, that has this old pattern of saying nobody does it as well as I do. Anybody with Capricorn probably knows that. But, you know, I, I did step back and I just said, good, someone else is taking this in this beautiful lady into the hands, you know, looking after her. And I had the opportunity. Suddenly I knew that this individual who had collapsed had passed over. And I saw the spirit move. I saw her move into the light. And I felt that my role there was to hold that space for that to happen. I could do the other, <laughs> but this felt just as beautiful and uh, full of grace and love. And I was felt very honored. Now, this is my life because my life has been about first aid and doctoring and et cetera, et cetera. But you may have other situations where you do something in a slightly different way than you would have done before. And this is where the golden arrow of destiny comes in. Because you see, there are times, aren't there, and I could look at transits in your astrology chart or my own astrology chart and say, that was a moment, that moment where two lines came together or two planets came together, or I was in a certain place at the right time. It's, I feel those are moments where suddenly the portals open, the doorways open, and something dramatic takes place. It's almost as if we jump, we make a quantum leap. We, we change dimensions. I mean, you must have had these experiences. Now, obviously, going to a sacred site is one where that, that possibility is huge. Have you had experience where you went to somewhere very special and you had this amazing out-of-body experience or epiphany or bliss experience, whatever you want to call it. Or maybe you just, you know, in your own backyard or in your garden. But it just felt that at that moment, because of the right time and the right space and the way you were, this golden arrow of destiny shot through that gap and shot you into a completely new space. And after, afterwards you go, that came out of the blue. How did that happen? You know, I wasn't expecting that. And yet here I am. Now, obviously, <laughs> we have the choice then. Do we follow that arrow into our destiny or do we drop back, you know, the door shuts and we're back down again? Or both. Maybe you, you drop back into your life, but you never forget that arrow of destiny. A few months on, a few years on, you go, oh, I now need to follow that line. So in that, it's as if this wonderful messenger known as Hermes, Mercury, Thoth, actually shot an arrow just through that gap at that moment. 
And Thothan or Mercury is seen as a sort of divine messenger. And it's also known as the trickster. So it's, it brings in an energy that is so unpredictable. That's what I'm speaking about. Something out of the blue. Have you had those moments? And again, it's okay if you just went on about your life, but I bet you never forgot it. It might have been a chance meeting. It might have been something that happened that you, you couldn't have predicted. It might have been something that actually stopped you moving and you suddenly, wow, if I had gone along that road or if I hadn't been at home, whatever it is. What were those moments when those golden arrows of destiny, meeting someone who changed the direction of your life? Now, years ago, I was in a, a seminar. I can't even remember what the seminar was about, but I was sitting next to this lady and she said, do you know about Finhorn? Finhorn, this wonderful retreat center in Scotland. And I said, no. And, and I have to say, I kind of brushed it aside because it was like, hey, I'm here to listen to this speaker. <laughs> But I did go home, and it was before the days of Google. And I did look it up, and, you know, several months later, I'm there in Finhorn, and it was a complete change of direction. Of course, there was another arrow there uh, that I met Caroline Mason. She asked me, what, are you, you know, what do you want, or who are you? And it was suddenly I got this message like, this is not what I want. I have to change destiny now. And that's happened a few times in my life. I've just known that I have to stop what I'm doing and, and change direction. So have you had those moments? Have you, what has changed when you've had them? And are there moments that were back there in the past that you keep talking about? <laughs> oh, I had this great moment. <laughs> I met this person, but you're still on the same track. It's never too late. That moment is still there in time and in space. So even just remembering it and going back to that moment and saying, okay, if I become unpredictable in this moment, if I go out of time and into a new space, what would that look like? And that's what we're all together with at this time. This concept that nothing is predictable. If you get the chance to go and see the new Mission Impossible film, which I loved, that it was all about AI and predictability and really an idea that we live on a very linear path and you know, AI <laughs> or anything can predict what we're going to buy and what we want and what we're going to watch, which is why we, we get adverts coming through as soon as we look something up. But what if you're unpredictable? And that's what one of the statements in this film was about, was be unpredictable. What would that look like in your life? You don't have to leave home. You don't have to give up on the, the people you love. But doing something different, turning left when you usually turn right, having coffee while you usually have tea, breaking patterns, old patterns, and moving into more extended patterns is what this time is about. And Richard Rudd mentioned how these numbers are important. It's part of Gene Keys. Do look this up. But he talked about the 1111 and how when we see 1111 on the clock, which I'm sure we all do, it's not so much just a wake-up call, which I've often thought. He said it's showing you 
that you are in a simulation, that you're in a certain pattern. So it's opening a door to another dimension, another pattern, but it's also saying, don't forget, this is just a reality you've created. You can go anywhere you want. The golden arrow of destiny awaits you. And so, my friends, I leave you with that thought. I hope the golden arrow of destiny comes close to you and you follow it. Because when you do, magic happens. Until next time, take care. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening to the HeartSpeak Podcast with Dr. Christine Page. Please check out all HeartSpeak episodes in the podcast archive section on www.christinepage.com. HeartSpeak is also available on iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Stitcher Radio, and now playing on Amazon Music and iHeartRadio. You can also watch the archive podcast on Christine's channel on YouTube and now on Rumble. Connect with Christine on Instagram, LinkedIn, and Facebook, including her newest Facebook group, The Great Mother Calling. Do share with family, friends, colleagues. Join us next time for another edition of Heart Speak.